Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 18 review, semi-review, uh, and then the preview for Wild Card Weekend. This is the first uh, 18-week NFL season in history. It has finally concluded, um, and what a season it's been. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. I almost forgot to introduce. Uh, what's going on? Nothing, man. Just uh, looking forward to the lines this weekend. Um, I know this past weekend people probably didn't do a ton of betting just because there were some weird games, you know, some uh, some games that didn't really matter. But now we're on to the good stuff, and I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, before we sort of jump into things, and I, I said it's like a semi-review, we're not going to go into all of the games this week just because both of us are kind of on a time crunch. Um, we're recording this one late. We usually do it in the morning. Uh, we, we, our second jobs, uh, are, are calling us. We have NBA to bet on and, um, other things to do as well before tomorrow. But, uh, I, I want to ask you quick, what do you think about the week or what do you think about the 18 weeks? I mean, we've, we've never talked about this. Are you for it? Are you against it? Do you think that it weakens seating or do you think that, that it's a, a welcome change? Because I still, I don't even think I have an opinion on it. I'm, I'm not even sure that I care. Yeah, I don't have a huge opinion. Um, what I do think is good is we get another week of football to watch, which right. I'm sure most fans don't complain about. And yeah. then another thing, it almost seemed like um, the end of the season was more competitive this year. I don't know if that yeah. extra game, you know, helped teams drop a game, teams pick up a game, but like there were more p- starters playing this week than I can remember, you know, in the last three to five years at least. Yeah. And I mean, even like when you, uh, some of it was just brain dead activity and some of it was because teams actually needed. I mean, you look at the Packers and the Lions, there was a chance that both of those teams snuck in. Um, the, the Seahawks snuck in, of course, the Giants, I think, like off the top of my head, are really the only team um, that was sort of like playing shitters. Everybody else, for the most part, played their their full lineup or at least gave them a half, uh, in, including the Buccaneers. They pulled uh, Brady and the guys at half, but, you know, even still, they, they played a, a full half of football. I, I think 18 weeks of football, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it. You, you're never going to. Um, you know, get in my bad graces by adding a week, but it it definitely was interesting. It feels different. I think, um, this was by far like, I really thought this NFL season fucking sucked to be honest with you. Uh, and I think it, it partially because I just had a bad year on the books. Like that definitely comes down to it or that definitely factors into it. Um, but it just like, it doesn't feel the same when Rogers isn't, performing all the way up you you don't have um Tampa Bay being the team that we expect them to be you have teams that just don't deserve to have as many wins as they have you know like the Vikings it it was just ugh. like my one of my favorite storylines out of the whole season was one the Chargers coming back figuring it out after the injuries and then the other was the Lions, and I have absolutely zero connection to the Lions whatsoever. I, I was a Stafford guy for a long time. I like him. I think he's underrated, but I don't have any connection to the Lions, and to see them even just have a winning season and sort of start to put the pieces together, I think was great. So uh, I just quickly ask, you know, what was your, what was your favorite storyline this year for, for the regular season? Yeah, I mean, in terms of 
Team-wise, those were two good storylines I liked. Um, I did like the Giants at the, the beginning of the year. Yeah, we weren't sold on them, but it was kind of cool to see them, you know, nudging out all these yeah. wins. Um, and they did sneak into the playoffs. Um, and then from a player's perspective, I mean, Geno's storyline, obviously yeah. great. Um, CMC getting traded and performing well and staying healthy is great. And then I was thinking about it, even the player storylines this year, a lot of them didn't really matter. Like the two yep. that came to mind was like Justin Fields came into his own this year. Um, but what did it matter? They won two games. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Jacobs overperformed in every aspect of the game. What did it matter? They won what five games or whatever. So yeah, like six. it was weird in a sense that like, I don't know. It felt like there was something off this year. Right. It was just a bit of a nonsense year. I mean, there was so many outlier performances. Um, some of the players I think that we all had expected to have really good years or bounce back years didn't. McCaffrey was definitely the the one player. McCaffrey and actually Kittle as well, I think. Um, you have to consider just how tough it's been for them injury-wise. Uh, Kittle, really, too, for the past two seasons. Um, and then how mm-hmm. good they were this year. Like, those, excuse me, mantles have sort of been passed on. It seems like Kittle's injured tight end mantle uh, may it may have gotten passed to to Darren Waller this year, so we'll, we'll have to keep our eye on that for next season. But yeah, I think you know it's it's I'm I'm actually very glad that the regular season is over. Um, it it just gives you a little bit more time to focus on the intricacies of each playoff matchup, and I think there's there's certainly some things I'm hoping for. I'm I'm very excited. Uh, that the Vikings will be playing the Giants. I think that's going to be a fantastic game, and I cannot wait to bet against Kirk Cousins. I am so excited. So we'll run through um, some of the games that mattered. You know, Jeremy and I sort of decided that the clinching games or the games that had uh, playoff implications uh, were the ones that we were going to, you know, talk about. Uh, Chiefs-Raiders, not a not a great game. Chiefs destroyed the Raiders, but the Chiefs wrap up the one seed. Uh, 31 to 13 final score. Mahomes 202 and a TD. Pacheco 64 yards rushing in a TD. Ronald Jones, who was supposed to get cut about seven weeks ago, had 45 and a TD. Kadarius Tony rushed one in as well. Um, not much going on here through the air f- for the Chiefs. You know, Justin Watson had <clears throat> 67 yards, but Jerick McKinnon was the only one to catch a touchdown pass. Defense played well, but it just comes down to the fact that. Raiders are still playing Jarrett Stidham. Uh, things aren't in a great way down there. He had 50 yards rushing. Josh Jacobs had 45 on 17 carries, which is a disappointing day in the office for him. Adams had 73 yards. Uh, for you know, it, it seems like this is probably going to be the last time uh, that he has a dog shit quarterback under center. I truly believe um, that. It'll probably be Aaron Rodgers in black next year, or at least somebody uh, that's going to be able to provide Devontae some service. Renfro got in in this game too, but I don't know what you thought about this one. The Chiefs just, you know, handled business here and, and wrapped up the seed. Yeah, it was kind of a maintenance game mm-hmm. uh, for the Chiefs. I mean, like you said, Ronald Jones was out there, you know, putting in work. Uh, they weren't really – it was kind of a keep everyone healthy and move on to the playoffs. We know we got the one seed if we win this, and we know we're not going to lose to the Raiders. But yeah. like you said, the bigger storyline is what's to come. I mean, Derek Carr pretty much confirmed today on, what was that, Twitter and Instagram that he's gone Yeah. Um, from the Raiders. And 
I agree. My favorite to go there is the is Rogers. If I had, you know, if I had to bet on it, it would be Rogers. And then obviously the other name that comes to mind is Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard uh, people talking today about Tom going there, and they said that if he goes there, Gronk might consider unretiring. I don't know if that's just because you know it's in Vegas and they want and they want to see Gronk in Vegas, and that's kind of his lifestyle. I'm not sure that that would actually happen. Um, but I mean, to see either Tom or Aaron go there, I think they'd have a really, really successful season next year, and it would make that division a whole lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on to uh, Titans Jags. Titans sixteen, Jaguars twenty. Titans finished the season out at seven and ten after losing like I think seven straight at the end. Uh, Jags win six or seven straight at the end to uh, wrap up at the AFC South. They're nine and eight uh, at the end of the day. Titans were leading 16-10 going into the fourth quarter, but the Jags were able to rally, score 10 points, uh, and win this game. Josh Dobbs, 179, a TD and a pick. Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry. He had 109 on 30 carries. Uh, Chig Okonkwo, who many people are saying is somebody to look out for next year, had 42 and a TD. Robert Woods also had 40. Defense played well enough for the Titans, but it's just, you know, it's really tough for them. They they have a tough time uh, stopping the run, and they they didn't do that. Like they didn't have that issue here. They had a tough time stopping it through the air. Um, or I'm sorry, the Titans' run D is good. Their pass defense is poor, uh, and they they defended <clears throat> well, like we thought, and they um <clears throat> they they just got absolutely sliced open by Trevor Lawrence. Sorry for misspeaking there. He had two twelve and a TD. Etienne only had seventeen yards rushing. Christian Kirk ninety nine and a TD. He went over uh, his incentive for the season. I think he he you know stood to make quite a bit of money if he got over seventy yards and he was able to do that. But that was really it. You know the Jags sort of plotted their way around this one pretty strategically. This is. Really good, honestly, to see, excuse me, Doug Peterson outcoach a guy um, like Mike Vrabel. He's a really good coach. I, I've always rated Vrabel. And I think the Jags are, are really not a team that uh, the Chargers can just sort of blow off. I mean, they lost to uh, to the Jags earlier this season. And I think, you know, this, this wild card matchup is going to be really, really good between those two teams. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of the games uh, I'm really excited for this weekend. But looking back on this past week, um, the Jaguars didn't necessarily perform up to standards, in my opinion. Um, it was a little closer than I would have liked to see um, based on you know the team that they were playing. Um, but I do. I am excited for this week. And not only did uh, Christian Kirk hit his receiving yards total last week, um, he also got 80 receptions on the season exact. Um, so oh, wow. he cashed in a million dollars in bonuses. <laughs> and that's crazy. Yeah, what a season for uh, for Mr. Kirk. Really, really good year for him. A guy that I was really high on this year I thought would be fantastic. He was. He was awesome. He He was kind of a ghost for like the past four weeks, but... Started off really hot, had a good, you know, early to mid season, and then just quieted down a little bit before having a really nice game here at the end. So good on Christian Kirk. The Jags are going to be even better next year with the addition of Calvin Ridley, who was out all year because he just could not stop placing parlays. Uh, I hear you, Calvin. It's tough. It's tough out here. 
<clears throat> All right, let's move on. Brown Steelers. Steelers miss out. 28 to 14 final score. Not going to go into that one. Bengals Ravens. Um, you know, not not really a ton going on here. Uh, Anthony Brown started. The final score was 27 to 16 in favor of the Bengals. They finished the season at 12 and 4. The Ravens 10 and 7. Uh, and it looks like Lamar is not going to play this week. Uh, he still has inflammation around his knee. That's what he tweeted like not long ago. I think that was maybe an hour ago that I saw that tweet. So not a great sign for the Ravens moving forward here. Maintenance game for the Bengals, and they were still uh, able to put up 27 points. I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about in this one, but it was you know pretty run-of-the-mill. Yeah, nothing too. You know, nothing big on my end. Um, I am concerned for the Ravens this weekend um, coming up. They're in trouble. Uh, they're one and done in my book. Yeah, I'm with you, man. With no Lamar, I just I just can't see it happening. Uh, okay, Vikings, Bears, Vikings 29, Bears 13. Uh, the Peter man was the one that was starting. Uh, he was cooking so much that they had to throw Tim Boyle in to throw uh, two interceptions. Good good day for Nathan Peterman, honestly. He had 114 in the TD, uh, but they were trying to lose this game, and, and they did. They did lose it. Uh, Cole Komet had a TD. Vellis Jones had a TD for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, 225 and a TD. Madison had two TDs rushing, looking like he might be the option for them moving forward at running back. That was the one thing I took out of this besides KJ Osborne, who is somebody I have a lot of love for in my heart, going absolutely nuclear, 117 on five catches. Uh, Jet is going out pretty early. So, yeah, good game there. Vikings 13 and four. Bears finish three and 14 and take that one seed. Uh, because the Texans just just didn't want to lose. Uh, Pat's Bills, this one was, you know, I think pretty much went as we expected. Uh, 35-23 in favor of Buffalo. They finished 13-3. Pat's 8-9. Mac Jones, 243, three TDs, three picks, uh, of course. Ramondre Stevenson, 54 yards rushing. Devontae Parker had a great day, 79 yards receiving on six catches with two TDs. Jacoby Myers also had a TD. And then for the Bills, uh, business as usual. Josh Allen, 254, three TDs and a pick. James Cook, 45 yards rushing. Uh, we had Diggs go over 100. He had 104 and a TD. John Brown, Bills legend, had 42 yards and a TD. And then Dawson Knox also got into the end zone. Uh, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, and Tredavious White all had picks in this one. So, you know, pretty much the the best three players on the Bills, maybe outside of Poyer, uh, with really, really good days. Uh, and this one was another one where the Bills covered. I think this went pretty much how everybody expected. Yeah, no surprises for me on this end. Um, kind of felt similar to the Chiefs game. Uh, for them, you know, just a maintenance game, a get-right game, you know, get some momentum here heading into the playoffs, make sure uh, you're firing on all cylinders, and I fully expect that to uh, be the case come this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jets-Dolphins. This was a really boring game. Uh, I don't even think it's worth, like, going into the specifics of what happened. Uh, it was just, like, field goals everywhere. Um, final score, 6-11. to 11. Good Lord, man. I believe the only points that were scored in this game were field goals and then the safety at the end. So if you had the Jets to cover, you may have got banged up on that one. But the Dolphins sneak into the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. Uh, you, It's it's no Tua next week, correct? Yeah, uh, no oh. Tua. Skylar Thompson at the helm, no Teddy either. Um, so, yeah, 
Um, they're in trouble as well, in my opinion. Do we know if we got a score Gami in that game? I can't imagine there's been many I, games under six and eleven, if any. I can check. Uh eleven six Scorigami. I bet you we do have an eleven six. Eleven. Yeah, probably in like nineteen thirty five or something. Yes, score eleven six. First game St. Louis Rams eleven versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers six January twenty third, two thousand. Oh. How about that? Was that a a Super Bowl? Sunday, January 23rd? That may have been a Super Bowl, dude. Rams who? It was Rams-Bucks. I think it's very possible that that was. Or, well, I know the Rams were in the NFC and the Bucks were in the NFC. So maybe it was an NFC championship game? Yeah, it was. Wow. So... Only the it's second, only the second time in NFL history that 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 score has been recorded. So still, you know, we we're close to a score, Gami. Um, but yeah, not not much else to talk about with that one. You know, they are just going to sneak into the playoffs, and it's probably going to be ugly for the Dolphins. Uh, we'll move on. Bucks Falcons. Bucks seventeen. Falcons thirty. Not much out of this game other than the fact uh, that the Falcons are going to be good at some point. It is coming. If they stick with Tyler Algier as the feature back, I just think that they're going to be a really, really good team. And he he seems like a really good player. Uh, I was you know lucky enough to pick him up in fantasy this year. He did a great job for me. I just think he's very talented. He's an explosive runner. He can go over the top. Uh, and I really, really liked that. The Bucks played uh, the first half with Brady in there, and then uh, he went out. So we're not even going to go into the stats on that one. Falcons finished the season at 7-10, and 10, which I don't think is awful. Uh, and the Bucks finish at eight and nine, and win that division, sneak into the playoffs as well. Uh, Panthers Saints, another one, ten seven in favor of the Panthers. Seven and ten for the Panthers on the year. Seven and ten for the uh, Saints. This was just a bad division. That one's not even worth uh, going into either. And then we had Texans Colts. I will ask you, Jeremy, did you have any coins on the Colts in this game? No, I had. Why the under, know? which surprisingly did not get anywhere close to hitting. It was done in the first half. Yeah. I mean, this was this was a true offensive masterclass for the Texans. They they threw a couple of picks. One of them was a pick six. Maybe two of them were pick sixes. I don't even remember. Ellinger had a pick six. Um, but the, the Texans win this one 32 to 31 on a two-point conversion at the very end. Uh, and, and soiled many, many, many of my parlays because despite the Colts having a really slow start, um, they, they turned it on in the third and fourth quarters. They scored 24 points um, until the Texans just went down and won at the end. We'll go through the stats in this one because the Texans actually lost out on the first pick with this game. Uh, and I think it was just really Lovey Smith saying, Fuck you guys. I know you're going to fire me. You're not getting the number one pick. You know, I'm here to win football games. And it's a shame because he should have done that earlier in the season and not when I had coin on it. Uh, For the Colts, Sam Ellinger, 209, two TDs, two picks. Zach Moss, 114 and a TD. 
Uh, Deion Jackson was actually your lead receiver here with 75 yards. Pittman had a uh, had a touchdown, and then Mo Alley Cox had a touchdown as well. Rodney McLeod with a pick. Uh, Rodney Thomas with a pick, and then for the Texans, Davis Mills, 298, three TDs, two interceptions. This is a Derek Carr line if I've ever seen one. Uh, nothing going on the ground for them, and then Brandon Cooks had 106 on five catches and a score. Tegan Quatoriano had 83. Uh, and then Jordan Aikens, great game for him, 70 yards receiving and two picks. Uh, Christian Kirksey and Jonathan Greenard both had picks as well. But this this was like the craziest game of the week. This game was fucking insane. Yeah, it was uh, a lot more exciting to watch than I expected. Um, I loved the two-point conversion attempt at the end. That was just the icing on the cake. Um, but I do think this might actually end up working out in the Colts' favor. Like I was telling you, I could see the... Um, Bears trading the Colts, uh, the first pick, uh, getting, you know, one of their valuable assets out of it um, and probably a couple future draft picks. Um, so that way the Texans can, you know, get their quarterback, um, you know, uh, or the Colts can get their quarterback. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think it might work out uh, for both parties there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, let's move on. I think there's only a couple more games worth talking about. Uh, Cardinals, Niners, nothing here. Uh, Niners, great tune-up game here, 38-13 to 13 for them. Uh, McCaffrey looked great. Eli Mitchell looked good. And on the receiving end, I mean, things just went as you would have expected. Kittle scored two more TDs. Cardinals just really banged up. Um, the one thing that did come out was they got rid of, uh, of Cliff. So they're in the market for a new head coach. Uh, I think they were one of the teams that reached out to Sean Payton. Sean Payton is a very, very popular man right now. Uh, and it seems like, you know, one of these teams is going to get him. But I think that the word is that he's going to go back to the Saints. So we'll have to see how all that pans out. Um, Cowboys 6, Commanders 26. Not a ton on the line here because the Cowboys already wrapped up uh, their playoff berth. They finished 12-5 and five on the year. Commanders 20, <clears throat> you know, 8-8-1. Uh, eight, eight and one. The thing I wanted to ask you was, did you like? Did you watch this game or not really? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't specifically tuned in, yeah. you know, to that game. Getting getting real excited about it now. Let me tell you what, dude. Sam Howell looked really good. Like we watched some of the rookie QBs kind of like have to knock some dust off, uh, and, and and get into the NFL and feel the pace. Sam Howell did not look that way. He looked like how we saw when Heineke sort of emerged onto the scene, that's exactly how he looked, except he throws a much tighter ball. It's it's lower, it's it's sharper. His first throw in the NFL was a touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. Congratulations to Sam Howell. You, fella, you know, you're on my list to watch next year. He looked really good in this one. He did only have 169 yards uh, and that one TD he threw to McLaurin, but he also rushed for 35 yards um, and got in on his own. So, you know, good, good game for the Commanders. This is the sort of stuff that I wish we saw earlier on in the season because the Commanders are one of those teams that after week one, I were like, this is going to, you know, I was like, this is going to be a good team. And they just, I think, stuck with Wentz a little bit too long at the beginning. And then he got injured, and then they had Heineke in there. He looked good, then he sort of fell off. It's an experiment year. It's tough. Um, they shouldn't have started Wentz against the Giants. That's really what it comes down to. But I don't think 8-8 eight eight is an awful season for them. I, I, I wonder how you feel about that. 
No, I agree. I think this was a good year for them. Uh, I think they have, you know, good talent moving forward. Um, you know, B-Rob uh, mm-hmm. ran the ball well. Uh, Antonio Gibson performed above expectations, I would say, this year. Um, people were pretty low on him. And I do have – my one buddy is a huge Commanders fan. God bless his soul. Yeah. Um, and he said the same him. thing about Sam Howell. He said he looked really good. And that kind of upsets me because – Prior to the season, uh, the talks with the Panthers were drafting Sam Howell or Matt Corral, and we went with Matt Corral, who has been injured and hasn't played, where we could have had Sam Howell, who apparently looks very good. So that's that's the story of the, the Panthers franchise at the moment. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next game, Rams-Seahawks. This is one that we have to talk about. Seahawks win in OT, kick a field goal, win at the end. Baker turned the ball over. Really unfortunate. But the Rams finish five and twelve. The Seahawks at nine and eight with Geno at the helm. Geno two thirteen and a TD also threw two picks. Kenneth Walker was absolutely cooking. He had one fourteen on twenty nine. Uh, Geno also rushed. He had his longest NFL career rush, um, a fifty one yard <clears throat> or fifty one yards total. But I think it was like a twenty seven yard rush that he had uh, there towards the end. Lockett fifty four and a TD. Um, defense played well, but it is the Rams. Baker, 147 and a pick. Cam Akers had 104 on 21 carries. He revived his career somehow. I don't know how, but it does look like he's going to be the number one there next year. Van Jefferson had 61 yards rushing. Uh, Tutu Atwell did have a TD as well. And then we had Jalen Ramsey with two picks in this one. Man, um, this Seahawks team... They fumbled at points during this season. They they really looked like maybe they were going to slip out of the spot, but they win because the Packers lose. And the Seahawks, I mean, good for Geno Smith, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, good for Geno. Um, no offense to Geno. I was kind of hoping he would lose this week just to, you know, see the Lions-Packers game mean more. Um, but I love Geno this year. Um in my two QB league, he saved me. Uh, Trey Lance was my second quarterback, and we all know how that went. Um, so I, I have nothing but love for Geno. He played really well this year. Um, and then just touching on that Cam Akers, reviving his career, which is insane. He went from one of the worst running backs I've ever seen to – well, he went from really good to injured to one of the worst running backs I've ever seen to off the team to putting up – like 600 yards and six touchdowns in the last three weeks of the season. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. Very, very strange. Um, okay, let's move on to the next one. Giants-Eagles, <coughs> nothing worth talking about here. I will say Hurts didn't look great. He had 229 and a pick. Um, Boston Scott scored. A.J. Brown had a good game. But Hurts uh, is going to be knocking off a little bit of rust, I think. Just because he hasn't played the last three weeks, he gets a rest this week again, so it's not a huge deal. But he he definitely did not look great. Eagles finished fourteen and three, uh, same record as the Chiefs, I believe, and the one seed in the NFC. But a bit of a bubblegum year, I think. You know, I don't I don't want to read into it too much, but it's not going to be a cakewalk uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles like some people had expected. The Giants in the playoffs rested all their starters, 9-7-1 on the year, 16 points here. Uh, Davis Webb didn't look great, but I think if you can score 16 points on a, a decent Eagles defense, especially when all of them play outside of the injuries, uh, with your second team, 
not terrible. So I think the Giants are a team that you have to keep your eye on moving into the playoffs. I really like their chances against the Vikings, but we'll get into that soon. Chargers uh, play pretty much all their starters in a 28-31 loss against the Broncos. Broncos 5-12, and Chargers 10-7. and Not going to go into stats here. What I will say is, why do you think Brandon Staley started Mike Williams? Because he doesn't value his job and wants fired. Yeah. I have no idea. That's just, uh, I, he's injury prone. Um, he's been injury prone for as long as he's been relevant. Yeah. And there's no reason for him to play. So I don't know. Um, I wouldn't have even played Keenan, to nope. be honest. Maybe get Keenan a couple stats out there just because he hadn't played as much this year. But there's no reason for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both on the wrong side of 30, both injured, to be out there playing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is psychotic stuff. I know Keenan had a good game. Um, I guess maybe I could understand it a, like a little bit, maybe a quarter or a, like a half. But Herbert played a majority of the game. And the only thing that like comes across my mind is... Herbert Keenan and Mike Williams did not have a lot of snaps when they were all on the field together this year. Like when you look at last year or even the year before, the numbers are not even close just because Keenan was was injured, really injured. Herbert was injured for a while and then played injured. And then same thing with Mike Williams. He was out forever. So they get Bosa back. Um, They are at pretty much full strength besides uh, they have they activated Rashawn Slater as well. So they're out, you know, Mike Williams, maybe. It's not confirmed whether he's not playing or what, but he is going to travel to Jacksonville. So we'll have to see. Um, and then quickly before we move on, Russ was co- was cooking in this game. So may- maybe the Broncos and Russ will be back next year. I doubt it, but it's very possible. Uh, and then the final game, Lions 20, Green Bay Packers 16. Uh, Packers finished the year 8-9 after we thought maybe they'd run the table. Lions finish the year nine and eight and just miss out on the playoffs, both of these teams, but really tough, really, really tough for the Lions. I know they wanted it and very tough for, for Rogers and the Packers. Um, I think Rogers time in green base is over. Uh, you're, you're seemingly feeling the same way, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's beneficial for either party for him to stick around at this point. I mean, they don't, they're not a compete now team, obviously, and I don't think they need all the media attention of them talking about Aaron Rodgers forever. So I think it's probably best you know, for both parties if they, you know, split ways. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree there. Um, in the game, Jamal Williams, 72 yards rushing, two TDs. Khalif Raymond had a good game. He had 66. Swift had 61 yards receiving. Some cool laterals there at the end. Uh, Rodgers, 205, a TD and a pick. Aaron Jones had 48 yards rushing. Christian Watson went over 100. He had a 104 on five catches. And then Lazard uh, had 41 yards receiving and a TD. But I just think it's going to be really tough for the Packers next year. Uh, Maybe they're better without Rodgers. Maybe it all comes down to the fact that the locker room was was really just not happy. Um, Something that (laughs) that I thought was kind of sad. And I know people are really out on Rodgers. They don't like him, but he was somebody that, like, we, you and I, and our age bracket, this was the guy that we grew up watching and were like, you know, 
he is the one that's going to get it done in, these, in this fourth quarter when he's down uh, and they need points. They have to score. They're down even two possessions. Rodgers was the guy, and Brady too, to a degree, but he wasn't always behind the eight ball like Rodgers was. Um, and it sucks to see to hear at the end of the game when Jamison Williams asked for his jersey, he says, you know, I, I think I'm going to keep this one because you, you don't know if he's, you know, either getting traded or retiring or what, but... That could be the last time that we see Aaron Rodgers in a Packers jersey, and you don't you don't see a lot of QBs just playing for one team uh, for their entire career anymore. So I thought that was a little sad. No, I agree. Um, it's you know, to, especially to see him go out the way he did, like yeah. you said. Like, when I think of who in like you know when we were growing up, fourth quarter, you know who's going to drive the team down the field yeah. when they need to win and win the football game. It's Aaron Rodgers. Um, and to see him, you know, kind of go out on his sword pretty much because that's what he had to do and yeah. he couldn't do it is sad. And I know a lot of people hate Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, to each their own. But you can't deny what he did on a football field for that many years. I mean, he was an unbelievable quarterback. Yeah. If there was no Tom Brady, you people would talk about Aaron Rodgers being the GOAT just because of his skill level on the field. Tom Brady's obviously more accomplished, but if you ask me, Aaron Rodgers was a much more talented quarterback. Tom yeah. Brady's just a better winner. I, I 100% agree. I could not agree more. I think, you know, when you look at, even stats don't tell the true story. Rodgers, I just think, is a more cerebral guy, and he had to be more in control of those teams than Brady ever had to because Brady has the best coach, had at least the best coach of all time on his side. Rodgers had Mike McCarthy and now LaFleur. And I, I don't, I truly don't rate either of those guys. So yeah, um, you know, cheers to Aaron Rodgers, a, a very, very good career uh, in Green Bay. Unfortunate that he only has one. Super Bowl, but hopefully that career is not over yet. You know, maybe if he if he reunites with Devontae Adams, they'll be able to to go on a Cinderella run next year and and get another one wearing black and silver. I I sure hope so. Uh, okay, that's the Week 18 review. Uh, we'll jump quick into the wild card preview. We'll give you our picks for those. We got six games uh, Saturday at 4:30. The first game kicks off Seattle going up against San Francisco. Uh, the Seahawks currently a nine and a half point dog against San Fran uh, at Levi Stadium. Seattle plus three eighty five on the money line, over under set at forty two. I will hand this one off to you for the first pick. Oh yeah, this is a game I love. Yeah, I'm all over it. I placed my bet days ago. Christian McCaffrey touchdown. Niners money line. I got it at that point. It was uh, minus one of four parlayed together. I'll be able to tell you here in a sec what it is right now. Um, but still, you're getting pretty close to that even mark, um, which, you know, isn't bad seeing as how Chris McCaffrey really seems to find the end zone. And personally, I don't see the Niners losing. Um, and then another thing for people to consider, in my opinion, I am going to sprinkle George Kittle two touchdowns ever since Brock Purdy took over. Obviously, he's been the guy. And let's not forget, just a mere two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, um, he burnt the Seahawks for 100 yards and two or three touchdowns. So He did. Um, yeah, this one's tough because when you see a nine-and-a-half-point spread or you know, a ten-point spread in any playoff game, I think it rattles your cage a bit. It certainly rattles my cage. The Seahawks are coming off a resounding victory uh, last week. 
really had to grind it out. Not against a good team either. I think it is possible that the lights are very bright for Brock Purdy in this game. And I know that his team is good. I know that he is a great coach. And I know that he has been really good himself. However, I do think that Seattle at least tries to win this game. I think they try and stay within, you know, a touchdown. It's very possible that they're down seven the entire game. It's totally possible. Um, I think this one's going to be, you know, a little bit more low scoring than people are expecting out of the Niners. So I'm going to take Seattle. Uh, I'm going to take them with the points. I'll take them plus 10 and a half. It's the alt spread. I just think in wild card weekend, you know, you, you can't immediately expect the first game to be a banger. And I think this one could be low scoring and I can totally see Seattle uh, keeping up. Uh, up next, Jags, Chargers. Chargers currently a two and a half point favorite in Duval, minus 138 on the money line. Over under set at 47 and a half. I have told myself all week uh, to not take the Chargers <clears throat> just because of what they do to me on a routine basis. Our good friend Zach is a huge Chargers fan. I think the only Chargers fan on the East Coast and maybe in the world. Um,. It's hard. Jaguars money line is coming to me in my dreams every night. And I think it's totally possible that they win this game, but I'll take the Chargers. I think this is Herbert's first playoff win. I think he's due. I think this team is too good on both sides of the ball uh, to not at least make it into the divisional round. So I'll take the Chargers, but it's, it's tough for me to do this. I've been having that feeling about the Jags too, man, and I can't shake it. Um, oh. So I don't blame you for being in the position you're in. But I have a really good bet for the people. I am another parlay, gets you to minus 115 here. We are taking T Law 225 plus. Because, you know, if we expect them to be down, yep. he's going to sling the ball. And he's been very good the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I think that's easy. And then Herbert over 229 and a half. I mean, all the guy does is sling the ball. That's pretty easy, in my opinion. And then, just an FYI, um, the Jaguars were a bottom five, bottom three team against slot receivers um, this season. Uh, Keenan Allen runs out of the slot. So if you're looking for any player props, if you're looking to put together a same-game parlay, that's a guy I would look at. Okay, cool. Um, up next, we have Miami versus Buffalo. Buffalo is currently a 13.5-point favorite. Games in Buffalo, they're minus 950 on the money line, over-under set at 43.5. It is going to be cold in Buffalo on Sunday. Yeah, so I got the Bills at minus 9.5 the other day prior to the Tuanus because I anticipated him not playing. But regardless, I still like the Bills here. Yes, it's a big spread, like you said. Yes, it's the playoffs. But the the Bills are going to have some fire on them. Um, Obviously, you know, the whole DeMar Hamlin thing. Um, and then they lost to the Dolphins earlier in the season, so I think they're going to do everything they can to tack on as many points as they can on the Dolphins, regardless of what the Dolphins' current situation is. So I'm with the Bills, minus 13.5. Okay, uh, I'll make it simple. I'm going to go with that, too. I just think the Dolphins are are very, very depleted. They were only able to put up, what was it, 11 points, so really 9 plus the safety against the Jets last week, and they did not play well, so... I'll take the Bills as well. I think the Bills can easily uh, cover 13 and a half. I'm going to be very upset if they don't, but I uh, I will go with the wagons. 
Uh, okay, up next, Giants versus Vikings. Giants currently a three-point dog in the Dome in Minnesota. They're plus 136 on the money line, over-under set at 48.5. I have been waiting all season to do this. I am taking Daniel Jones and the New York Giants to defeat the Vikings outright. Their defense is absolutely shocking. Their point differential was horrific this year. Uh, point differential nearly the same as last year, except they finished with four more wins this year than they did last year. That is the story. That is what everybody needs to be looking at. This Vikings team is not going anywhere. I don't care that they have Jettis. I don't care that their run game has been good, even without Dalvin Cook fired all the way up. I am taking the Giants. I think the Giants could absolutely fucking smoke the Vikings. I have never been more happy to take the Giants. Dude, this one's been bugging me all week. This is another one like the Jaguars. I have a feeling, but I'm trying to convince myself otherwise. This is really tough for me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just go with a prop. I'm going to make it simple. It's plus money, so i got to love it. Uh, Justin Jefferson, touchdown. I mean, to get him plus money to play in such a big game, yes, we're getting primetime Kirk Cousins, so we can't count that out. But if there's one player that's going to make a play, it's going to be him. So I'm going J. Jeff, touchdown, plus 110. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then, wait, can you repeat that for me? I just told something. Yeah, happened. JJF touchdown, uh, plus one ten on Fanduel. I don't know if it's any better elsewhere, but we'll just go for one ten for now. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, and then up next, your pick: Ravens currently nine and a half point dogs against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Uh, Ravens plus three eighty on the money line. Bengals minus five hundred. Over under set at forty and a half. Yeah. Um, so I loved the Bengals at minus six and a half. I stalled because no one knew because of the Lamar Jackson news. No one knew yeah. anything. Now it's nine and a half. That sucks. Um, what I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to go with another touchdown score here. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon touchdown. Uh, it's minus 120, minus, one, minus 125 on FanDuel. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. And then, you know, not to interrupt our daily broadcast of football here, but you were talking about how we had to go bet on NBA. I did hit Kyrie Irving first basket three pointer plus 1900. I mean, that is just absolutely tremendous stuff. It's, it's what you want to see. It's five to win a hundred. Wow. What an extracurricular night this has been. Wow. Congratulations. Live on air might be the first live bet hit in post 20 history on air. So congratulations to Jeremy. He now holds that mantle. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next one. Our last game, Cowboys versus Bucks. Monday at 8-16. Cowboys currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Tampa in Tampa. Um, they're minus 142 on the money line. Over-under set at 45-and-a-half. Money split essentially right down the middle. Hmm, this is a tough one. Uh, I think... My pick or your pick? Oh, I took uh, I took Bengals nine and a half. By the way, in the the Bengals and Ravens game, it's my pick. Um, I'll take the Bucks. Give me Bucks money line. There's there's not a single time in his entire career uh, where Tom Brady has lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Dak has been absolutely shambolic. He he's thrown like twelve picks in the past seven weeks. It's just insane. I think that happens again here. The Bucks defense hasn't been awesome, but somehow or another, I think Brady wills his way to win, and I think the Bucks win this game. 
I'm I'm also in agreement on the Bucks. Um, I do think they win this game. What I am going to do, though, I will be betting Bucks money line. By the way, just so everyone is aware, I'm just going to round it out with another touchdown scorer here. The Bucks have been gouged by the run a couple times. Um, so if you're looking for a big play touchdown, Tony Pollard's your guy. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to go Zeke. You know they're going to somehow get down to the – Tony's going to get tackled on the two, um, and they're going to give it to Zeke. So I'm going Zeke touchdown. It's another plus-money touchdown. I think there's some good value on some plus-money touchdowns this weekend. Yeah, there absolutely is. All right, guys, that is everything for our um, wild-card weekend preview and Week 18 review. Thank you guys for listening. This one's just about 45 minutes, so a bit of a shorter, shorter episode for you guys. Thank you uh, for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Jeremy, it's been a pleasure for the regular season, and let's hope we can uh, have a good little record here uh, in Wild Card Weekend. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you guys next week.